Welcome to the Workplace Wellbeing Podcast, the podcast that looks at the best practices of organisations that care about their people, whilst keeping an eye on the growing wellbeing space. The Workplace Wellbeing Podcast is sponsored by the WorkTech Group, which offers a range of cloud-based software solutions that have a positive impact on employee wellbeing. The group companies are Fast PAYE, a financial wellbeing tool, Solved by AI, which builds artificial intelligence-powered tools that can make a real difference for your workforce, and Shopworks, which makes scheduling and time and attendance solutions that will help both efficiency and morale. You can find out more at worktechgroup.com. Hi, I'm Ian Hogg, the chairman of the Worktech Group, and until very recently, the host of the Workplace Wellbeing podcast. We recently published our Workplace Wellbeing book, done as a podcast, in two episodes and 12 chapters. Each chapter includes clips from the best conversations on the relevant subject with our guests from over 50 podcast episodes. To make it easier to listen to, we decided to break out the 12 chapters into individual episodes so that you can listen to the whole Workplace Wellbeing book, done as a podcast, a few minutes at a time. Here is another chapter, but you can, of course, listen to the whole book in two parts, or hear the original recordings from the over 50 that we have produced. The next section of our podcast slash book groups together four specific areas of well-being. These are the areas that we believe employers should be looking to monitor amongst their teams and provide support on. There are four specific areas of well-being that we want to focus on. These have all been covered by several guests and we felt it worthwhile giving them their own chapters. The first of these is psychological well-being which makes up chapter eight, which we will follow in chapters nine through 12 with financial wellbeing, physical wellbeing, and then diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, as it is often called. These four chapters cover the key areas that we believe any good employer should be focusing on if they want a happy workforce. So let's start with psychological wellbeing, which is the title of chapter eight, which has become increasingly recognized as an area of employer responsibility. This is a problem that was often swept under the carpet in the past, but is now benefiting from a much more open debate, as in recent years, the full scale of the problem has become clear. Throughout the podcast series, we've discussed the different types of mental health issues, the the impact of work on people's health, plus a range of potential solutions. In this chapter, I've chosen three clips, which I think highlight the breadth of the debate we have had. The first is from Perrine Falk, who was on episode 16 of series two. Perrine is an author, on inclusion and a recognized keynote speaker. The concept of psychological safety has been raised by many of our guests as a basic right that needs to be in place if an organization wants to, wants to deliver on workplace wellbeing. In this clip, Perrine does a much better job than I could of explaining what psychological safety is and why it is, why it is so important to establish. So when we were talking earlier, you, you know, you talked about psychological safety being one of the sort of key issues um, facing employers and you know, workplace well-being. Uh, do you think it's the most important issue? Well, in my view, it's certainly one of the top ones. And I'll tell you why, Ian. Um, one of the surveys from uh, HR Zone from 2020 um, found that for uh, 50% of HR professionals, their number one priority in back then in December 2020, which was less than two years ago, was guess what? Psychological safety. And you know, psychological safety is the idea whereby everyone in your team feels able to contribute, even to take risks in the knowledge that they will not be punished for, for doing so. And they might make mistakes, 
they might say the wrong thing, but they know they will not be punished for taking risks or, or taking initiatives. And so if you think about it, you know, psychological safety in the workplace, which is essentially trust, essentially that fundamental layer of trust is really the kind of the, the, the basic, the fundamental that you need to have if you want to, to create teams that work well together, that's it. Um, anything else is, is superfluous, in my opinion. Anything else is not necessary. Once you have that basic layer of trust within your team, then that's where the magic happens. So, so that's no surprise that that survey from the HR zone back in 2020 found that um, the you know, HR professionals' number one priority was exactly that, psychological safety. The next clip I've chosen discusses stress in the workplace, something that is often seen as the number one issue to be solved in any workplace wellbeing strategy. I spoke to Dr. Marcus Fila, Professor of Management at Hope College, Michigan, about his research into stress in the workplace. The clip is interesting on its own as it discusses stress at work, but it also indicates the crossover between the different chapters in our podcast slash book. I could easily have included this clip in chapter seven on roles and responsibilities. Well, I think the biggest thing, first of all, is there's a there's a big gap um, in this particular subject between what the research, which has been going on very actively now for 40 to 50 years in this field, um, what that says and what you will read about in sort of popular popular press articles. If you go to the airport and buy, you know, like a business magazine um, that happens to have an article in this, there's a big gap. And that gap is essentially this. Um, a lot of these articles, a lot of things in the popular press, the business press, will talk about ways that employees can self-help themselves. Okay, and it's typically interventions that are very sort of surface level. Things like squeezing a ball at your desk, going for a walk at lunchtime. Um, if you're into this sort of thing, doing a bit of yoga or other exercises, or you know, whatever it happens to be, those aren't bad things to be doing. That's not bad advice. But what that advice does is it makes it a one-sided issue. And all the research out there has actually taken a very different angle. It's, it's, you know, it's gone, yes, you do need employees that are hardy. You do need employees that are competent. You do need employees that are prepared to work hard, right? This is not about a soft approach to work or trying to you know, prop up people if they're in a career that, frankly, they shouldn't be in. But it's also a two-sided conversation. It's like a seesaw between individual workers and the company that they work for. Um, and if we just make this a one-sided discussion, all about only the employees and their initial sort of ability to handle it um, as the only aspect of this, although that is an important aspect, you're going to overlook the other side of that equation hugely. So where those things I just mentioned are what they call tertiary interventions, you know, sort of like really once you've reached the point of it's too late, you have burnout, you're really feeling these problems, then here's some things you can do. Um, the research looks at primary interventions. It looks at, okay, how is the job designed? What are some relationships between work characteristics and outcomes of, you know, things like job satisfaction, performance, commitment to the company, things like anxiety, tension, uh, burnout, disengagement, absenteeism. Um, one that's really coming up a lot now, presenteeism, which is when you're at work, but you're not really performing because you're, you're not in a right place in your head. You, 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 know, you might be sort of like um, 
trying to pretend that everything's okay, put on a brave face, which again, there's, there's a place for that, but not at a chronic level. And it looks at, very importantly, relationships between these things and things like employee turnover, as we talked about. And this whole sort of seesaw discussion makes it a very different angle. I mean, I think there's a couple of things that I would say. First of all, with stress, it's never about eliminating it. It's never about saying, let's get rid of it all, because that's not practical. It's never going to happen. And actually, scientifically, you wouldn't want it to happen. You want to have a certain amount, right? I mean, a certain amount gets us out of bed in the morning. A certain amount gives us a little drive that we need to get the things accomplished that we have to get done, right? So we're not trying to take it away. My final clip in this chapter is from Dr. Faisal Sheikh, a doctor and consultant psychiatrist in the NHS. He covers a subject I would never have guessed would come up in the series, and that's loneliness at work. It illustrates the sheer breadth of the subjects we discussed around psychological well-being and the complexity of delivering workplace well-being. Um, I mean, this is a this is a workplace well-being podcast, so I'd, I'd be keen to just explore for a minute. Um, what, what, why do you think there's a p- problem of loneliness in the workplace? You know, it's um, it, it, I, I've always felt people were more likely to be lonely at home than 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 the workplace. Uh, do, do I not understand the problem correctly? Would you suggest? You are you are very right, Ian. Um, there is a problem of loneliness. Um, at 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 home but there's also um uh, equally there's there's a, a pandemic of loneliness at workplace um we have to work um in our in our workplaces having to fit in the roles that we have been assigned and we have to um adhere to policies and procedures which sometimes have to make us um fit in in the roles that we are uh, expected to, to carry out and um, th- there is there is a, a degree of freedom in what we're able to share and not being able to share. And loneliness is not so much not having people around oneself, which which is what happens in, in the workplace. But loneliness sometimes is the inability to communicate one's true opinions or true thoughts. So that's at the workplace. And there are many research studies that have uh, highlighted this problem. Um, that loneliness is uh, as much as of a pro- as much of a problem as exhaustion that can lead to burnout. Side by side to this loneliness is the issue of loneliness at home. So uh, workers at the workplace sometimes do challenging, difficult jobs that they invariably carry with themselves when they go home. And they're not able to sometimes find the avenue to share those problems because either they are bound by confidentiality clauses not to share what's been happening at work, or because they do not have the right companionship that can understand those things, or they feel uh, uh, obliged to have to fit in in those certain personal roles outside of work. Psychological well-being is a subject we covered in many episodes, but we can't really do justice to it in a single chapter. So please take time to listen to some of our great guests who I've linked to in the notes. The Workplace Wellbeing Podcast is sponsored by the WorkTech Group, which offers a range of cloud-based software solutions that have a positive impact on employee well-being. The group companies are FastPAYE, a financial well-being tool, Solved by AI, which builds artificial intelligence-powered tools that can make a real difference for your workforce, and ShopWorks, which makes scheduling and time and attendance solutions that will help both efficiency and morale. You can find out more at worktechgroup.com.